Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this interview, I'm going to be chatting with Dr. Michael Musso, National Wellbeing and Engagement Consultant at Gallagher. Michael supports Gallagher's Canadian Benefits team on their client and prospects wellbeing and engagement needs. His background and expertise in neuroscience and mental health gives Gallagher a unique set of skills that helps them to differentiate in the industry. Gallagher is a firm which believes business success is a function of the people you employ and how engaged they are with your organization. Their mission is to help clients develop integrated strategies that help employees thrive, not just at work, but also at home and in their communities. Michael will also be presenting at the first Innovate Work Online Summit happening on April 29th. And we're also joined today by Chris Lee, VP of Communications at Gallagher, who will be talking towards the end of the interview about some of the initiatives that Gallagher are offering at the moment to help leaders and employees during the crisis. Chris and Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bill. Thanks, well, uh, Bill. We're looking forward to it. Firstly, uh, Mike, t- tell me about the, the session you'll be presenting at the First Innovate Work Online Summit. It's called Post-Lockdown, What to Expect. Yeah, the session's really going to be about planning and messaging surrounding employee and organizational well-being, right? How, how can we start making strides towards our workforce getting back into place? Really, those strides start today, and that's where the big theme of my talk will, will be, Tomorrow Starts Now. Um, you know, the current landscape, a lot through all of the sickness and, you know, uh, that's going on today, the acute organizational need is really centered around that kind of compliance and HR policy. But as the pandemic evolved, um, we're really starting to see that the need for, you know, that employee perspective, promoting the holistic well-being of the employee. And this will not change as we start looking at ways of getting back to work as well. And actually, they might start ramping up. Um, as this, uh, as we start to go back to work as well. Okay, thank you very much, uh, listeners. Uh, you may know by now. I'm not, I'm not afraid of the occasional shameless plug. So um, if you, if you don't want to join us, it's entirely free to join the first online innovate work session and it's all over the place. It's on Meetup. It's on Eventbrite. If you go to innovatework.co, you can find it there as well. So uh, please do join us we've got nearly 200 people signed up as of today and we're still a week away as we record this so uh, it should be a good session i'm going to brush my hair and uh, and present it along with uh, rob catalano we've got a fantastic lineup anyway mike what are what what are, what are the the most important things that employers need to consider to preserve organizational well-being as they prepare for businesses eventually who knows when that will be but eventually reopening and returning to work I think that's that's the key, the eventually, right? And and really, the actions that we take today will go a long way ensuring the employees, um, who really are again that backbone of the organization, are well suited and ready to come back and uh, uh, be productive and thrive. Um, you know, we like to preach here at Gallagher that the employee's not well, the organizational itself can't be well. And really, what employers need to do to prepare. Um, uh, it is to understand that maybe we're not going to go back to the way things are overnight. There's not going to be a flip of a switch. That's going to be a slow trickle. And to employees, um, this might uh, create some anticipatory anxiety, um, which can be extremely difficult on them. Um, 
really all this is referring to is really that dwell or the fear of the unknown. And if we know anything uh, through this pandemic, uh, that is there is a lot of unknowns right now, um, especially regarding this return to work that's coming. So really what we need to be doing is understanding that we have to put plans in place now um, and really understand that it's about putting plans in place to support our employees' well-being moving forward um, as we get back to our new Let's delve into that a bit more, if you don't mind, Mike. Um, sure. I, 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 I don't mind uh, sharing my own experiences on, on this show. I'm, I'm personally struggling. It's, it's a tough time being, being you know, locked inside all the time, going out once a day to go for a run or take the dog for a walk. It, it's really tough, and uh, I'm definitely feeling some of the stresses, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people out there today are, uh, are feeling the same way. Are there, are there potential mental health and overall wellness issues that may have come up during this crisis that employers need to be aware of when when folk are finally back together working well, i think i think it's important to first even pre uh pre pandemic we were looking at you know near epidemic levels of mental health issues prior to going into this right um that fear of the unknown um it, it really is adding to this threat or the stress of what we're going through um and really what we need to be doing is starting to balance that emotional well-being at, with the anticipatory anxiety that you kind of just mentioned right there. Um, you know, our emotional well-being is really that ability to practice that stress management techniques. And, you know, we were doing a pretty good job of it at first. Um, and it's about being resilient and generating that positive and productive feelings. Um, but there's been a shift. And I agree with you, Bill. And I think we're all kind of feeling that shift. And what is the next step? How do we come back to work? will we go back to work this year, right? What does this look like uh, when this happens? And this is what leads to what we're calling this anticipatory anxiety. And this really is uh, really hurting our ability to be resilient as people. And so employers really need to be able to push uh, messaging that can really help with this anxiety. And that really is about by opening up these listening channels um, internally. So how, how can employers be more proactive about ensuring a, a smooth transition back for their employees then? That's, uh, that's a great question. Really, I think the moving towards um, a, a return is um, trying to create predictable situations from the unpredictable. You know, make sure all messaging is predictable and trustworthy, right? Prevent misinformation uh, by really emphasizing the importance of flexibility and empathy internally. Um, it, maybe employers can start centralizing all the messages uh, they will remain consistent within the organization, um, empowering their frontline managers, right, to be part of the solution, encourage them to consistently uh, check on their teams, um, actively listen to them, uh, empathize with what they're going through. It's important that these managers really understand that they need to restate the same messages over and over and over again to really calm the employee's anxiety provide information when employees are getting ready to receive and reinforce that consistency that's being made uh, or created internally. Um, what we do know, uh, according to a, a pulse survey that Gallagher uh, created, uh, it's an HR policy pulse survey, that 83% of organizations did not have a comprehensive emergency plan in place prior to this uh, pandemic. And 72% had to alter all of their policies. So these, this change has been the constant, right, going through all of this. But consistency and messaging and leadership uh, will be the key to getting uh, everything back on track afterwards. 
I'd, I'd just like to bring Chris into the conversation at this point, if, if I may. Chris, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. So Mike just mentioned there that, that you guys are being proactive and, and you're doing pulse surveys. Uh, what, are, what are the plans to continue doing things like that over the course of the next few weeks, months? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Gallagher um, has uh, made a lot of efforts to, to stay connected with uh, employers and giving them a voice to uh, kind of share the, the different kinds of things that uh, um, they're doing to try to prepare. And, and to Mike's point, I think um, uh, the fact that this pandemic has has, has come at a time to to be a, a bit of a wake up call for a lot of a uh, lot of employers uh, to look for different ways to to prepare for incidents like this and having this emergency preparedness uh, um, uh, sort of frame of mind. And I think. Um, uh, that's one of the things that uh, we've been working a lot on with uh, with, the, with the broader team at Gallagher is uh, how can we help equip uh, employers with ways that they can prepare for whether it's coming back to work, whether it's uh, understanding uh, what the updates are that are coming in from you know the uh, 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 from the governments at both the federal and the provincial level, and just making sure that uh, uh, we're uh, we're doing everything we can to help prepare our clients. Uh, and uh, employers in Canada to, uh, to to prepare for kind of the next step and also for the next crisis. So before the pandemic, uh, a lot of the interviews that I would do would be around company culture, um, how to how to attract the, the best talent, how how to enhance a, a company culture. Mike, what what advice do you have for employers who have had to lay off a significant number of employees, and how how they manage their the morale and, and preserve a strong culture for the remaining employees. Maybe some of these employees will be coming back and they're, they're going to look around their office and they're going to see a lot of empty chairs and they're going to feel disengaged. They're going to feel down. They're not going to want to communicate. What, what can leaders do to tackle that? How your organization is going to respond to this will really leave a lasting impression, not only on your employees, but on your brand itself. I think leadership, messaging, behavior, the tone for how they cared for their employees, uh, during this difficult time will really uh, set organizations apart. You know, much much like kind of how people remember their favorite teachers with, you know, potentially love or gratitude that they had for them, the opposite could be true through a crisis like this and can cause lasting uh, organizational effects if, if the messaging is not there from employers, right? So we have to make sure to maintain or maybe even build um, or convey a strong culture uh, we need to be making sure that we're leading with strong communications and getting the full measure of engagement uh, from our from our employees. I'm just going to say I love that point you're making about uh, the favorite teacher. Uh, you know, it, it reminds me of that old quote by uh, Maya Angelou uh, about how people aren't going to remember what you said or did. They will remember how you made them feel. And I think um, as it comes to communications and fostering that strong sense of you know maintaining a, a, a culture, I think it's an important pivot point for a lot of HR leaders uh, when they start to communicate different things with their employees to start with not with what they want to say, but thinking uh, in terms of where, what are employees going to feel? What do I want employees to feel? Do I want them to feel that uh, they have reassurance um, as opposed to trying to spin some sort of a story? And I think that it's really important. I think that uh, message of authenticity is something that's going to reward HR, HR leaders as they try to usher in their employees back to uh, some semblance of, uh, you know, the, the, the new normal. I'd, I'd like to hear from, from maybe both of you. What, what, what are the, what are the layoffs 
mean for those still working then we, we just touched a little bit in terms of in, in terms of some of those stresses but how much more stress is on those people who've still got jobs who are lucky enough to be performing work remotely right now and will be going back to the office at some some point how much more is on them to deliver and is it fair to place more work, work on on those people who, who do remain and if so because you know the, the reality is a lot of the companies will be struggling right now and, and they're going to have to rely more on the people that they've still got if, if that's the case should those th- those employees that are still lucky enough to have a job should they get more compensation should they get more benefits how, how can they be recognized for for the extra efforts that they're going to be putting in we could start that conversation by you know how are they first of all handling this situation we know that some people through the through this situation are thriving working at home you know just their personality types and whatnot they enjoy this working at home environment and, and they like the structure that they're kind of creating in the in this workplace on the other side we have people who are not thriving who are just maybe surviving. And, um, you know, th- when you're looking at them, there could be uh, prevalent issues, deeper underlying issues of mental health. Maybe there's also uh, areas of addiction or obesity that they're trying to battle as well. So these other areas are, are things that we have to be cognizant of uh, with employees. To the point of people who are being overworked potentially through these uh, situations, I, I think that's something that uh, employers need to continually get feedback from their employees, have those open lines of discussion, see where the employees may may or may not need help. When it comes to the compensation aspect of this, I think that's going to be in a broader aspect uh, that the organization itself will need to strategize with. I think most employees uh, across the world right now are, are in a position that they understand that they're being relied upon a little bit more. However, th- there could be, uh, this could be changing uh, in, the, in the future. Uh, and there, these are things that they, we need to be uh, communicating well as leaders. Yeah, it's, it's funny, Mike. I, I, I think this is a, an interesting time for a lot of employers. Uh, it, in, and in some ways, it actually represents an opportunity for brands to truly show what they're they're made of during times like this and i think it's a good opportunity for employers to double down on communications exactly like mike's uh mike's been saying and make sure that they're providing opportunities for, uh, for employees to have a voice and and be able to speak candidly and for organizations to show that they're able to take action based on on things that they're hearing from from employees and and being able to be nimble uh, around rallying around their their employee base and so you know, whether that's um, considering outplacement services that they can offer to employees that have had to be uh, laid off. But uh, I think most importantly is, you know, what uh, what can they do to make sure that they're also um, communicating with people managers so that they are having uh, sensitive and respectful um, conversations with their employees and uh, giving them reassurances. Because I think there's just so many uncertainties that come with this. Uh, there's no blueprint for how to deal with circumstances like this. And I think... Uh, the employers that spend the additional time to to prepare for this and really think through what kinds of conversations they might be having with employees are the ones that are going to are, are going to be best positioned moving forward to uh, retain some of their top talent and position themselves for uh, uh, a stronger future. That's a good point, Chris. You, it kind of brings up that point of resilient employees make resilient organizations, right? And, and the strong leadership and ability to adapt to change environments that demonstrate that professionalism through crisis 
uh, and really, and being compassionate, right, can allow your employees to thrive a bit more. You know, the reality is that the support systems that some of these employees have at their work that they developed, um, the colleagues, friends, they interact with every day to fuel their energy and productivity may not be there um, right now and may not be there when they get back, right? So that social kind of connectedness, interpersonal support um, is a very powerful predictor or kind of cause causation of human resiliency, right? And um, this is kind of our ability to bounce back from adversity, um, such as this pandemic right now. And so if there ever really was a time to be pr promoting this resiliency or this, you know, emotional well-being, it's now. Uh, as as an employer, Chris Gallagher Canada has, has a handy FAQ section on on COVID nineteen to help employers navigate the pandemic as as part of a comprehensive microsite of COVID nineteen resources. Can can you tell our listeners a bit about that? I think right now it's it's been an amazing response by um, the corporate community in Canada in general. There's been so many different messaging uh, that people have access to. And so uh, one of the things that uh, we wanted to do um, is make sure that uh, we have a, a one-stop sort of location in terms of different tools and resources that people will have. So if, uh, for anyone that visits uh, AJGCanada.com, um, there's a link to a microsite uh, that will give them uh, a lot of these resources. But one of them is an FAQ that kind of wraps up in a couple of pages, all the kind of the top questions that uh, employers might have as it relates to, um, you know, layoffs or temporary layoffs and furloughs, uh, as well as, um, you know, employee leaves and disability claims and uh, out-of-country coverage. But, but one of the, the things that uh, we've been getting a great response on with the FAQ is uh, there's a section uh, that provides links to uh, the federal and provincial websites that deal specifically with COVID-19, as well as links to uh, the top 10 insurers in Canada and uh, updates as it relates to COVID-19 and the, the different initiatives and different uh, policy changes that uh, that they're featuring. So it's it's meant to be a, a handy resource for people that are looking for, uh, you know, one place to, to get all their answers to more pressing uh, questions that they might have as it relates to some of the, the mechanics of their uh, their benefits and making sure that they are doing what they can to uh, provide for uh, employees' welfare. Guys, we're coming towards the end of this interview already. Um, just one more question. And again, Chris, this is geared to you. And, and that's that's around uh, Gallagher's Canadian National Benchmarking Survey. It, it's currently open. And as I understand it, the, the deadline has been extended to May 15th. Participants, uh, they receive the 2020 Canadian National Report so they can see where they stand to better compete for talent, inspire employee engagement and improve organizational well-being. Can you offer an overview of the survey and and who should complete it and what are some of the benefits of doing that? Yeah, definitely. We, we've we been uh, hosting this survey for a number of years now and uh, it's getting to a point where uh, we've, we've got hundreds and hundreds of employees across, uh, uh, employers across um, dozens of uh, different industry categories. And I think right now, um, recognizing that employees are relying on the different benefits and the different ways that uh, their company is helping to take care of their themselves and their family needs more than ever before. Uh, I think it's important for uh, employers to uh, understand the broader perspective of how their benefit plan is prepared, not only for circumstances like this, but uh, against the broader context of the national landscape is in, in terms of how are 
other competing organizations that are competing for uh, some of the levels of talent? What kinds of things are they doing for their employees and how do um, how does the, the benefit program stack up against uh, uh, other employers across the country? And so I think it's uh, uh, it's a very useful tool for, for people to have. We have a very comprehensive uh, national report uh, that we publish in the fall. Um, and so that's something that, that participants uh, can expect to receive, as well as an executive summary that provides a quick reference of key insights and um, you know, implications. Uh, but it uh, gives a lot of clues for employers about where to go next. How do they bolster their plan or how do they look at their plan in terms of uh, preparing for the next potential crisis where um, uh, the programs might be stress tested, but also what kind of clues would there be to help them manage the costs of uh, this important investment? Are there ways that they can be more diligent about uh, uh, looking at uh, uh, more efficient cost uh, infrastructure as it relates to their benefit plan? So uh, it's an interesting tool and I think uh, uh, you know, in recognition of what's happening uh, right now, we extended the deadline, as you mentioned, Bill, to May the 15th to give people a little bit more time to uh, to spend the time on this important survey. Okay, so if uh, if listeners are out there and, and they want to check out any of these awesome materials, they can do so by going to ajgcanada.com. But what about what about you guys, chaps? Mike and Chris, how can our listeners connect with you? Are you both on LinkedIn, for example? I am personally uh, on LinkedIn. Um, Dr. Michael Musso, and you can connect with me there, or you can uh, email myself, Michael underscore Musso at AJG.com. Yep, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. I might not be the only Chris Lee on LinkedIn, so uh, <laughs> for people that want to find me, it's Christopher Lee um, and with Gallagher Benefit Services, and my email address is Chris underscore Lee at AJG.com. Okay, wonderful. That just leaves me to say for today, Mike and Chris, thank you very much for being guests on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Hey, thanks a lot for having us, Bill. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Bill. And listeners, until next time, stay safe. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette. 